Well, this one was the start of real pandemonium. From introduction, just watch wrong. The spaces between patrons cut down real tight. Beanie man and lady saw mash up real relationship and cause one set of fight. And them fresh young girls going to school. You're hearing the song with the car there in three minutes before the car inside. Yeah, start your day off right. Good morning. Morning, 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 everybody. Good morning, neighbor. And another Monday morning. Don't say it like that. Huh? Don't say it like yeah, oh, another, another opportunity. Monday. Another opportunity. That's right. The start sun week. is out unless it's raining. Correct. And then the sun is out. Some the sun always out. Country. Just so they don't see it. All right. You don't need to attack. But right, it's cool. very. <laughs> it's very early. Positivity. Positivity. <laughs> positivity. Uh, right. Hey, good morning. We are so happy. Welcome to the show. This is our third episode. We are so happy that you're here. Yeah. You've made it three we've episodes it. In, in it. I know you're subscribed because if you're not subscribed, then well. And for those of you who probably got some recommendation and say, listen, uh-huh. listen to Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, my... It's an amazing experience. And thank you for being here. If, if you notice, our setup a bit different today. That's because we're in a brand new studio. We'll Correct. tell you more about that as we kind of go along. They're mm-hmm. actually sponsor of today's episode. We're so happy to be partnering with Trin City Studios. I like That's... that. And of course... Um, I'm so happy to announce today we actually have our first guest ever. Third mm-hmm. episode, but first guest, Darren Sandy is in the building. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that name, all things education, all things youth work. And my favorite thing about him, he always says this, on his daughter's birth certificate mm-hmm. as, as his occupation, performance poet. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. first ever Guest on our show, yeah, Mr. Darren Sandy. Darren Sandy, hey, welcome. welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming, man. Yeah, glad to be here on this Monday morning. Um, <laughs> I like this space, incredible space. So yeah. powered by Trin City Studios. Yes, correct. It's a. Have you ever heard of them? No, no, no. Yeah, it's the brand new. I come in here. Yeah, same as well. It's it's such an incredible space. But I mean, let me don't big up this space too much. I want to big up you, man. <laughs> oh, hello, you're so humble, man. He's really, really good at dodging compliments. <laughs> Deron, you know, we're happy to have you first of all. But yeah. tell us about Deron Sandy. Who is Deron Sandy in a nutshell? Um, I'm just a human, primarily. <laughs> but beyond that, I, I'm a performance poet. Mm-hmm. That, that is the, the foundation of it. But around that, you become so many things. Because when you're performing in this kind of way, you end up getting involved in community, right. community spaces, etc. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, a, I'm a writer, artistic director, father, husband, friend, um, a youth leader. Leading youth. I, I don't consider myself a youth anymore. <laughs> um, a, a youth guide more than yeah. a youth leader, actually. And uh, most of all, I'm just... I'm just somebody who likes to see people reach their full potential. And when I say people, not just mm-hmm. talking about people on an individual level, yeah. but like the, the country on a whole. Yeah. Um, let's see how, how what's, what's the best we could be as, as Trinbegonians. Darren, that, that is plastered all through your work. I know you've been working in this space about, what, 12, 13 years now? Yeah, I think it, it might be 15 this year. Ooh, you're old. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> still have his hair line though, so. Oh, yeah, he's not as old as <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we know that, Kibo. Um, I mean, you're Papa Boy, I went to school together. <laughs> um, so we have a question, um, and I think this is something I think we'd kind of like try to ask all our guests. This show is all about doing what you love for a living, and that's why we wanted to have you as our first guest, because I know that you are a full-time performance poet, and not much people could say that in the world, really. You tell us what you wanted to be when you was younger, and tell us what you ended up being. Um, 
when I was younger, like very, very young, I wanted to be a footballer. Okay. Um, I remember watching Cameroon versus Sweden World Cup 1994 as punishment. Eh? And had this man got Roger Miller score a goal and he started whine when he scored the goal. And I was <laughs> right. like, by I want to score goals and whine. By the corner flag. By the corner flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was my thing. And I was real hooked on football from that point. Um, as time passed by, I, I think I wanted to be a lawyer for like two weeks. Um, <laughs> and uh, then when, when I reached my formative years, I just wanted to be free. Serious thing from like age 19, 20. I just wanted to be anything that, that, that made me happy really and truly. Um, when I walked into UE, I had no idea what I was going to sign up for. I looked through the list of subjects. I said, all right, I like this. So, mm-hmm. I, so I'll do it. Um, and I think that just came from some of the things I just experienced in life. Yeah. I think life is something. I, I always thought that I would have had a short timeline. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that could still be the case. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, but in thinking that, I said, all right, the time that I spend here, I want to spend it doing something that I, I like, that I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with. And what did you end up being? I ended up, I, I, I taught for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I, leave, I, I left teaching and I became a performance poet. A lot of people I know are stuck in that comfort zone of the yeah. nine to five. They said they say to themselves, I don't want to be here, but I'm kind of scared to go out there. I hate my job. Right? I don't like what I'm doing. Yeah. I know I should be doing something else. So what would have really propelled you to say, I need to end this type of lifestyle and go into mm-hmm. full-time performing? Um, well, I was lucky or blessed in some instances because... When I was leaving, I knew what I was leaving to go into because mm-hmm. I was already kind of doing the work with the Two Cents movement. Right. And I knew that the work uh, reached a point where if I absorb myself in it now, mm-hmm. for the next eight or nine months, uh, there will be a consistent thing to be a part of. Yeah, right. but Darren, eight or nine months is a very short space of time. Me personally, I, I don't live my life like far too far into the future. And I don't right. worry about like, I don't worry about things generally. Mm-hmm. I know growing up, I wasn't always somebody that, that wanted things, mm-hmm. that, that wanted this, and I want to drive a BMW, and I want right. to do this and that. So, so I knew um, if I ended up in a situation like that, I'd be able to adjust. Right. So I wasn't worried. I had no fear. Um, and, and just, I had faith that even if that spoken word thing fell flat, God wouldn't allow me to like starve and thing. Now, you know? so I, I absolutely was. I was never worried about that, about okay. that transition. Well, you weren't worried, but I'm sure were you married at the time? No, no, I wasn't oh, married. Okay, fair exactly. enough. Okay. So I got married the year, the first year that I left. So I left teaching mm-hmm. at the end of 2013. I got married 24. So you had a fiance? We engaged then. We got engaged on December 31st. Well, so, you have somebody probably, intending yeah. to spend your life with. She, she, <laughs> she didn't Wait, you even married? <laughs> no, no, she didn't care either. She was really? living a kind of kind of life like that too. Really? Um she just my my wife too, but she just ups go England when she wants mm-hmm. um survive across there, come back. Mm-hmm. So so she was on a similar wavelength to me. And I think I I one of the reasons that I chose her is because of that. I do think that would have been someone that I would have had to worry about yeah. pussy because I mean, this this kind of lifestyle, it could be very individualistic mm-hmm. in terms of you're not really... Whoever ruling with you had to be able to rule with you, literally, because right. yeah, sometimes right. he'll be ruling. Yeah. Um, and not everybody could do that. Not mm-hmm. everybody could, could live live in that particular kind of way. So I was I was lucky that I met that kind of person at that, at that particular... 
do, wow. you, do you think that with with her being that type of support, because I, I always believe that having that support system is, is critical, her having that support would have gotten you to where you are today or, you know, she was very influential in making or shaping you to, you know, the man you are today? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I really think if it wasn't her, I, my life might have gone another path or right. my life might have just not be with her eventually. <laughs> right. yeah. But it had to be that that kind of person. I think if you have mm-hmm. somebody on your back um, pressuring you with, with, I guess, concrete concepts of what mm-hmm. we consider reality to right. be these days, right. it could be very hard for you. It could be very hard for you yeah. to just go after your dreams and that kind of thing. But what about this? And what about our house? And what about this? Um, she was never concerned about those things. Um, my parents had already migrated and sort of left me mm-hmm. behind. Um, so they kind of already knew that I would have would have handled my stories. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I didn't have that kind of expectation over me at that point right, in my right, life, right, right. 18 to 20 mm-hmm. going forward. Now, you know, um, your, your journey... So where you are right now, um, in terms of challenges, what 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 would you have been met with that would have made you say, you know, probably let me turn around and go back where I was? Because I'm very sure whenever you make a firm decision, the devil comes there in. There might be somebody. And says, yeah. yo, here, here what? This is not for you. Well, so, so what have you, you know, been able to overcome? Before I even answer that, I just want to preface by saying, Darren is a very different individual. Uh-huh. So I'm very... I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear his answer. You see? <laughs> you know what I'm You're so unhelpful. Is that other people there? Um, and and that's, I, I once remember telling mm-hmm. somebody that I might be the best person to talk about this particular yeah. career thing in terms of all right, where you come from. Because I know my situation has been, has been very, very unique. Yeah. Um, for example, working with, with the Two Cents movement for that amount of time. There was no point. I'm going to make sure I'm being clear. Right, I am. There, there was no point in our existence where we had to apply for a grant. Right, right. Things just fell in our lap over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so, so the experience, I cannot come and say, well, you know, they had a real grind and mm-hmm. work hard, boy, all the boy, dogs, boy. Right, you right. know? Because that, that really wasn't my experience. Yeah. You have to treat your talent um, very seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to see if you could continue to get better. You have to set your own standards. Yeah. You have to motivate yourself. But, but a lot of things came my way. You know, and I'm very grateful for that. Eh? I, I know a bit about your story. And I disagree with that. And I mean, it's clear that your perspective, because your perspective is this, it's why you have the resolve now. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say, um, for those of you all who don't know, Two Cents is a, a youth NGO. And they use performance arts to speak with young people and affect things in Toronto, Tobago. I myself had the privilege of working with them for a couple of years. That's kind of how we know each other. Um, but, and I, and I understand that, you know, you leaving uh, teaching to go into Two Cents, you kind of knew what you were going to do and so on. But, um, one thing I admire about you, Darren, is you're a very boring person. You, even coming into this room, you were very resolved. You, you came here, you, you knew what you were going to do. You sat down. It wasn't a jokey thing. It wasn't a thing. You, you came here to do something. And I, I remember even working with you every single time and comparing myself to you or, or, or some of the younger poets, comparing ourselves to you. When we skylarking, when we doing something, you are, or when we on school tour and going to buy a roti 
you're not buying a roti. You're not spending your per diem in that way. You um showing up every single day, writing every single day, even when you're not feeling like you have to. And there's a quote, um, some podcast I was watching, they were saying the magic you're looking for is a new work you're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. And I know you're saying that, you know, like things fell in two cents slap and that you had a very different experience. And I'm sure that's true to an extent, but like, I, I, I truly think it's because of the work you put in. You treated it like if you were a lawyer, like if you were a doctor, like if you were a construction worker. How do you feel about that? Yeah, of course. You, you treat the talent with utmost respect, of mm-hmm. course. And as I was saying before, you set standards for yourself, mm-hmm. especially when you're working in a space that they, they may not necessarily be a standard for what, mm-hmm. what um, being good at this thing means. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you have to kind of set those standards. I've always been very disciplined. From mm-hmm. in anything. Um, I think a lot of it came from engagement in sports from an early age and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I just took that same attitude into, mm-hmm. into your poetry. But simple things like making sure where all your poems are. Mm-hmm. From I could find poems from 2013. Mm-hmm. If I want, I just see simple, a simple click. Yeah. And just being organized in that way, it, it helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I think that I think that is critical. But again, I felt like that organization was always part of me. Right. I never felt like it was something I had to grind for, yeah. stretch for. Um, so, so from that perspective, I it, it sort of came easy to me. It wasn't. I never felt like I was making a sacrifice. I never felt like I was doing something extremely out of the ordinary. Right. I just felt like I was doing. Things I've been doing for a very long time, you know. Yeah. So, so in in a sense, you would say, with all creation and all creativity, there's an order that the creative uses to create his masterpiece, right? I may have a different type of order, but your order, because you were born into it, it actually fits into what your purpose was. So, being organized, and you know, when can I talk about boring? I I like boredom mm-hmm. because boredom is really mm-hmm. where creativity comes from. Most times people say, I sit down in my bed and I thought about mm-hmm. this idea. Yeah. You really just have to be bored sometimes yeah. for things to flow. And because you have a different type of um, uh, process, yeah. it, it makes other creative things that, you know, no, he's not really creative. For now, sure. You know, yeah. but you are creative. You just say you have a different order. In like, I, I'm using the word boring liberally, like whole, yeah. actually it's kind of like my mantra for this year in a way, right? right. right? Um, I want to be better the boring. Right. Um, and it's exactly what you're saying. When I think about some of my favorite comedians, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, them fellas quiet, you know? Yeah, they're very they have, they, And, and it's the same thing with you um, and, and Darren, you know mm. what I mean? Um, both of you guys have a stillness about you, mm-hmm. a reservedness about you, and it's almost like you're saving your energy for something. Yeah. You're saving your energy for something important. And that's something I've kind of always noticed for you, even like how you um, approach the slam. You know what I mean? Always kind of conserving that energy or being um, being a good steward with your energy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking any sense? Or that's just yeah, 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 mm-hmm. definitely. I, I think I'm, like in a room, I'll be quiet. Mm-hmm. I crowd talking I might have much to say unless I'm very familiar with people mm-hmm. um, and I also I have deep respect for the opportunity to, to be listened to um, that, that opportunity when you step on a stage and people are actually going to take the time to listen to you I understand that that is not something that everyone will have in this lifetime right. 
you know, right. it's a privilege to have people listen to you. It's a, it's a great blessing. But you see, to, to, to the responsibility, because if within that stillness, you're only developing craft and you're not getting a sense of responsibility for your craft, you will go and make Trini bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I mean, that, that's another topic for yeah. you. You know, and, and if you look at some of these guys, they're always around noise and, and, and that kind of thing. So you really have no time to really check yourself to assess what is yeah. my responsibility with this gift, with this talent. Yeah. Because the talent is there, it's undeniable. Mm -hmm. So thinking about what you want to do, it is, I think is important. I think it's one of the most important things to me when it comes to, to what legacy I want to really etch out or carve out in this. So there's a couple of things um, that I just don't want to be lost on, on, mm. on, on, on you know, our listeners and our viewers. You know, he said one is a privilege to be listened to and he will never take that for granted. Yeah. Um, that's so that's so incredibly profound. And even like us having this podcast, one thing I, I never, ever wanted to have a podcast because I know in my, in my personal life, I like to talk, 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 talk. And sometimes I waste my words. Yeah. And I never wanted to be that kind of person. Um, um, and so I, I do think this is like a real, real deep, a privilege and a, and a responsibility we have for this. But um, how did you kind of get to that period? It was there some some time in your life that you you know you realized like how you wasted your words or or something like that? Or again, same thing. It's always been you. Um, I, I probably can't pinpoint. Mm -hmm. One thing in particular, but I do remember something because I was talking to somebody about it recently. When I was about probably 20 or 21, <laughs> I wrote a poem, I posted it on Facebook, right? The poem was about the neighbor, mm -hmm. right? There was something very derogatory, as mm -hmm. a matter of fact. And the neighbor come over in my yard and inside the car. And this is Maloney. This is Maloney. <laughs> Maloney, right? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, at that point, yeah. I remember realizing, all right, I wasn't even performing poetry yeah. anymore. I used to write. I used right. to write a lot. I, I realized that you can't be using your, your writing in a kind of responsible way. Mm. Um, as, as funny as it was in the moment, it didn't have a good feeling, a good after feeling. When the right. neighbor leave and we don't laugh and thing, mm. whatever, I remember feeling bad about it. Right. Not really bad about the fact that the poem existed, but bad about the fact that it made somebody feel mm -hmm. very, you know, yeah. offended. Yeah. Offended, and it wasn't nothing to lift the person up or right, anything right, like right. that. And from that moment, I think after I just stopped posting crap on Facebook, mm -hmm. and, like from that, from, from that mm -hmm. time. Um, and and you, you, you just recognize how things affect people. You're not living in a, in a, in a bubble with just you alone yeah. and you, you think your words echoing back, your words reaching places. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you think you have a little bit of reach or a little bit of subscribers and you're now starting off, your words reaching places. So what you going to what you going to leave there for people to see is a, is a critical question for creators, I think. This episode is sponsored by Trinity Studios, a fantastic location and also a fantastic studio with yeah. your podcasts, your photo shoots, videos, etc. So, if you want to find out more, leave the link in the description for you to get more information about being part of this fantastic facility. So, we are here with Darren Sandy, professional performance poet. And a lot of people use the word professional. They, they throw it all around. <laughs> but what we really mean is this man earns his bread and butter, how he supports his family, is poetry. 
how is that possible? I I did that for a few years and it was tough. Like mm. how, how like I was like, oh corporate, I'll yeah, hello. <laughs> you know, it's so, um I want to talk about how is that even possible in Trinidad and Tobago. A lot of people um talk about um this country as a place where you can't really su- succeed in art. Um, oh Trinidad and Tobago have nothing, all of this thing. But um you are living proof that that is not true. Talk to us about your um your, your job? Well, it's more than performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an educator as well. Mm-hmm. I do workshops. I teach creative writing mm-hmm. to younger children. And all of it using a sort of performance-based yeah. fit. So I'll use characters to teach the children, etc. Mm-hmm. Which makes the classroom much more exciting. Yeah. Um, and you have to know a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. A little bit of acting, writing, directing. You just need to be able to do things. Um, you need to continue to learn, continue to be a sponge and pick up as much as you can in the industry because mm-hmm. you're not just in the poetry industry, in the performance industry. Sure. And of course, there's publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my book, The Chaos, that um, came out last year. You could get it soon from me. Check me out, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Yes. But if you want it now, 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 let's go to www.newworkeditions.com into a publishing house in the UK. The Chaos is the name of the book. I just idea we need to put that on our book list. We have a we have a, we're gonna have a book club for the podcast. Like put on the book list, yeah. I know you were telling us, you know, it's not solely performance poetry. Um, to be a full time creative, you have to know a little bit of everything. Um, and something I kind of wanted to point out is for a lot of creators, like I kind of like especially. So I work with a lot of content creators in particular, and they're very dependent on brand deals. Um, and it's kind of similar to perhaps you being dependent on somebody asking you to perform, a company coming to pay you to perform. But I know, as you said, as that's one revenue stream. Um, but something you've done is you've 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 take, taken your passion um, and your expertise in teaching and pulled it with performance art, and you've created cool creatives. Tell us about that company. That um, Cool Creatives kicked off in 2021. It originally started as a, as a sort of plaster for mm-hmm. students who were struggling through online school. I mm-hmm. say, all right, I could perform, I could teach, I could make online school a little interesting. And it just continued from there. We have over 100 students now. Wow. We have some other... Gee, what? <laughs> yeah. I, we have um, some other tutors working with us. Alexandra Stewart, yeah. she works with me as well. And she's a fantastic tutor yeah. as well. Um. And we, we just, I never meant for it to continue past COVID, to tell you honest truth. But it just, parents, children, it's a never-ending market. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep coming, referrals, continue. It's going to, it's going to, I think it's going to grow into one of my most, my highest income stream very yeah. soon. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm very surprised because, and not, not surprised as in, I know it, um, I know of the potential I didn't expect it to grow so quickly because something I always tell my clients even right now. So I, like, what is, what is the thing that we are bottling? What is our product? What is, how do you not depend on, on, on people? How do you become a maker as opposed to a consumer? And I'm so happy that that is going so well. Um, and I know you to be an incredible teacher. And I know you mentioned Alex as well, being an incredible teacher as well. I'm, I'm so happy that there are, companies, brands that are existing and coming out of Trinidad and Tobago that one, it fills a need 
and you it, it becomes sustainable for you. And it's not just a, hey, come support me, now. come please help me. It's an actual need. You have an actual market for it and it's, it's growing month by month. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And I'm really, really blessed by that. And hopefully let's continue to push it on because we, I, I have hardly invested effort in that particular right. thing. It just, it grew, it's growing organically for the most part. Um, I think critical too is, is having your own show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have borderline showcase that we do every November. And and I think it's the, the event is very, very sustainable. Um this year was the first year we did it without a sponsor. And was able to it was able to sustain itself. Everybody was able to get paid on time. Did you break even or did you make a profit? We went over, we, we wow. made a profit. We made a profit with, with no sponsor. That is very hard to do in Trinidad and Tobago. To Everybody's do. always trying to break even in, in live theatre. Yeah, I, I was and, and this break even comes mm. after I pay myself. You pay yourself a salary, pay all the poets, everything, then you count your profit after. And and I was I was surprised because at first when I realized there wasn't a major sponsor and what I was like, okay, mm-hmm. how this gonna go? Mm-hmm. And then I just trusted the numbers that mm-hmm. was there from before. Um so that again goes back to just being diligent, making sure you know your process inside out. Um I do my own accounting. Well, I do my own accounts at a level, of course, mm-hmm. when you have to get the taxes mm-hmm. done, you get somebody to do it. But you just had to be able to do your thing. You had to be able to know the ins and outs of your things, you had to be able to pick up a camera, edit a video, yeah. you just just do things. And um, keep keep learning, and and the day will come where you might be able to hire other people to do some stuff. But until that day day comes, you you be a Swiss Army knife and you do as much as you could do. Be you know? a Swiss Army knife. Darren Sandy, the Swiss Army knife of poetry, man. Please, I invite you. Anybody who is thinking about a career like this, think about Darren's. Think about Darren's uh, process. Go back, like look back at this. Understand that it's not just a night and day thing sometimes. It's not just, oh, I'm going to leave my job. Sometimes it's a slow burn. Sometimes it's making sure you have somewhere else to land your foot. Sometimes, all the time, it's about that discipline um, and, 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 and knowing and knowing and, and, and respecting your craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like that you said that. And, um, you know, when I was thinking about Deron and his, his talent, I thought about a cocktail table. Don't be a cocktail table. Be a dining room table, meaning you have more legs to stand on. So a cocktail table, once you lose that leg, you have yeah. nothing, right? But the cocktail table could expand. And uh, the dining room table has more legs. If there's a leg that doesn't support you right now, yeah. at, at least still, mm-hmm. you're a little shaky, but you still have something to stand up on. So using that main talent and allowing yourself to grow and expand into different avenues, yeah. such as his different businesses, I think that's the ex- expert way. To of really course, master that. Darren, any last words? Is there? I'm sure there's somebody right now looking at this podcast, wanting to kind of do what you do. Anything you want to say to the people? For sure, um, walking feet, feet in your creator, feet in yourself and your talent, and take your talent and be very, very dedicated with it. Be committed to continuing to grow in whatever field or whatever industry, and, and success will come your way eventually. Good way to close. Good way to close, boy.